G, I put a thousand jumpers up. Word to Dapper J, I put a thousand jumpers up. When I'm ending off my day, I put a thousand jumpers up. Aggie pride means to me a lot of things. It exemplifies the spirit of the students and the alumni. It's the culture that was built over generations. It's the sound of the blue and gold marching machine. It's the legacy of the ANT4. And it's the fiery spirit that exists in each and every person who ever walked the grounds of North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. podcast that made it on platforms we got others in the chamber some that probably won't see the light of day but um this one right here i'm gonna just go on record and just say i think this is gonna be our best episode ever bro ladies and gentlemen my name is the jail interview do you remember the jail (laughs) we don't acknowledge the jail interview (laughs) anyway guys my name is jarell leaper uh, I'm on Twitter at Dapper J. People know me as Dapper J or Dap for short. Class of 2015 graduate of North Carolina A&T State University. And my co-host is Rob, Black Rob, Bobby G. And we're here to commemorate the best HBCU, the best school on planet Earth. Um, I feel like to take a thousand jumpers to the next level... We, we have certain episodes planned and there's no better way to commemorate, you know, March, my birth month, than to, you know, pay tribute to Founders Day. How did he um, make this about himself? I didn't. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't, man. I mean, the episode... When is Aggie about, Fest? Aggie Fest is in April, you Then so. talk to me nice. <laughs> Alright, touche. That, that's real. So, um... We wanted to do something different, something for past, present, and future Aggies. Like, I seen the NCAT 24 hashtag on the timeline. I was like, that's coming, bro? Like, that's crazy. So, salute to all the, the young Aggies that's going to listen to this. I think yeah. this episode going to make noise. So, let's get straight into it, man. What made you come to a I'm going to ask you first, and then, you know, I'll, I'll go go from there. Um, Three reasons. The first reason was you, which was weird. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, because we had went to school together, tenth grade and eleventh grade. Um, I ended up having to change schools for unforeseen circumstances, and um, I don't know why. At that age, which we were still young kids, I was like, "Yo, we gonna go to the school together again." <laughs> 
And that's, in hindsight, that's a weird thing to say to somebody <laughs> when you're like 16. I was like, yo, were we that good of a friend? <laughs> but yeah, I told him um, that we were going to go to school together again. And then he ended up going to a and And I was like, I'd always dreamed of going to University of Maryland my whole life. So like a and hadn't been on my radar. Then the second reason was like my best friend, like that's my second closest friend. My best friend, I've known him since I was five. His mom and all her sisters had went to A&T. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was like, I'm not going to college. Like, shoot, as soon as I get done with high school, fuck school. And she was like, well, since y'all been best friends, so I'd be like, a child of ours, like, uh, is continuing the legacy. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, okay, I'll think about it. And then the third was, because I went to boarding school for a year and a half, I had been around, like, white people for, like, in the boonies for, like I said, the better part of the last two years. <laughs> I was like, I need to be around black people who are career driven because like even in public school, like when going to flowers and stuff, like you were around like smart black kids, but like we weren't, we were like miscellaneous smart. Like none of us was like focused on what we wanted to do in the future. Right. We were just like, oh, intelligent kids. And and when I was in boarding school, you saw people who already knew, like they were like, oh, I want to be a business major or I want to be an engineer. Or, like they were already, and I was like, yo, I know, like I would love to be around this type of environment with black people. And you know, A&T just made sense. Like once I got down there, it was just no brainer. So. so for me, I would say just like you, I um, my mom, my dad went to Howard and my mom went to Maryland. I was a mama's boy. And I was like, I'm going to Maryland. Like, dad's been talking about Howard my whole life. Like, Howard's the Mecca. Howard's the best. Da-da-da, da-da-da. And I'm just like, yeah. And I kind of was turned off of it. So 10th grade, spring break, um, I, it was a friend of mine. His mom, she uh, had heard about this HBCU tour at a, I can't even think of the name of the church. And it's going, it's crazy because when I listen back to it, the church was coming to my mind. I, I hate that. And she was like, they were doing a tour, an HBCU tour. It was going to get Clark Atlanta or the whole AUC. So Clark Atlanta, Spell, Spellman, Morehouse. It's going to get uh, A&T, John C. Smith, Virginia State, Hampton. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think then that was it, right? So I was like, all right, cool. You know, I get to spend my spring break uh, not at home. So that was, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And um, we go down to, you know, to the AUC. So I love Atlanta. Atlanta's like a second home. I have, I have uh, an uncle that lives there. So I, I've been there a lot. So to go down to the AUC, I see Clark, and I'm like, oh, this is dope. I look at Morehouse and I'm like, man, some of like the most important black people in like our history have been here, you know? And I was, I appreciated the history, but just seeing the vibe, it wasn't me. And I'm like, nah, I like Morehouse and I respect it, but I don't think I see myself going here. I went to A&T and I remember um, in the union there, there was a mural. I don't even know if it's, it's not in the new union. It's probably in that little uh, student center where the Aggie Dome is it's probably in that joint now um and then the tour guy was like yo if you could see yourself in this mural you were meant to be an Aggie and for a good like five seconds I saw myself in one of the like 
the pictures or whatever. This nigga always got a fairy tale story. No, and that is real, bro. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not lying to you. And, nah, you good. And what's crazy is I've been. I mean, I've ain't since I've been back as an alum. I've seen the 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 mural. I have never seen myself ever again, bro. Like, oh god! <laughs> it was just that one moment. I oh saw my god! My, I'm not. I'm lying. So I, I loved A&T's campus. I loved like we went to the Cav, and I know this now. But I'm like, yo, the, the Cav. It looked. It was definitely the best looking Cav between like us and like Hampton. But yeah. I'm like. Food is dope, but I know now that that's because we were there. Lord knows when there's not people coming in. Man, they serve whatever the fuck. Especially the end of the semester. Oh yo, it gosh. literally be like here. You know, A lot like, of those meals weren't even edible, bro. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? So that that's kind of where it started. And um I, I appreciated the tour. I'm like, you know, I, I never looked into HBCU seriously until that moment. But I still was thinking, you know, Maryland. And uh, my mom passed away. For me, I took I took it like, you know what, I want to do something different. And um, I remember, like, Flowers had a, a, a career fair or a college fair. And uh, A&T was one of the people that were accepted on spot. And uh, shout out to uh, Miss Crystal. She actually was a Miss A&T, which is crazy. We're going to get to that a little later. And um, she, you know, she accepted me. And it was between that and, and Clark. Because I'm like, I can either go to A&T or I could be in Atlanta. And, I, you know, Atlanta's going to be popping. And uh, my daddy sat me down. He was like, son, uh, we're going to go with a t It's a little bit more in my price range. And I was like, cool. I never I just said, cool with me. And I went to watch TV. So that's that's how I got an A and T. And before we switch, you know, conversations, we got a whole bunch of people on why they chose A and T. And it's a lot of really good stories. So I want you guys to listen to that. This is for Mr. Leaper and Mr. George and all the listeners and shooters of a thousand jumpers. Why did I choose A and T? Three reasons. One, my high school football coach, he was the very first person to really introduce HBCUs to me. And him being an alum of A&T, he knew he had to rave about it. Always hyped up homecoming, the engineering program, the atmosphere. He raved about it all. When I finally went to A&T, saw him at every tailgate for every homecoming, and I saw the love, and I understood what he meant every day I was on campus. The second reason, the visit. Beforehand, I went to a couple of PWIs for school visits. They were cool and they were fine, but when I went to A&T for the visit, about halfway through, I just knew this was right. I felt at home. I really felt like I belonged here. And 
there is an aura of just it was meant to be and the third one was after I came back from my visit and people asked me you know what schools have you looked at or where you visited anytime I mentioned A&T spark flew in everybody's eyes just like, oh, you visit A&T? Oh, I know such and such I went there. They talk about it all the time. Or, oh, you know such and such cousin or whoever's uncle and the whole spill. And the fact that so many raved about it and put it in such a high regard, that really solidified that this is meant to be. This is a school for me. So, why North Carolina A&T State University? It's a great question, and I know I can go on and on for days with this answer. I knew I wanted to be around individuals that uh, resembled me, and I wanted to be an engineer. And... I heard that A&T was one of the top schools for engineers and putting out engineers in the country. It still wasn't my first choice, but I still decided to go there after having an extensive conversation with one of my mother's uh, co-workers daughters, who was an industrial engineer there at the time. Once I got there, I realized the true meaning of Aggie pride from the time from the way we carried ourselves in and outside of the classroom to the boardroom to the party room. I mean, we just had a swagger about ourselves that people knew who we were before we even uh, walked into the room. When asked why did I go to North Carolina A&T, I can say a lot of things. First of all, uh, the first reason I went to North Carolina A&T was because I really wanted to get a black experience for a college. I remember growing up watching A Different World and seeing um, the HBCU shirts from Martin and Fresh Prince and Living Single and all of that and always wanting that experience. Um, I went to a majority black high school, um, Southeast Raleigh, shout to Southeast, um, and enjoyed it, loved it, loved being around people like me um, that understood my culture and that you know, still had a diverse experience. So when it came to college, I said, all right, I want to continue that um, and go to um, A&T. I'd always heard about A&T. My older sister actually went to Central, but, you know, that's a different story. But, you know, I decided to make the better decision to go to North Carolina A&T and apply. And I actually applied pretty late um, and ended up getting in um, and, was truly the best decision of my life being at A&T um, and being surrounded by beautiful black people um, with diverse experiences um, at a historical black college. And when I say historically black, um, I really mean having 
greatness embedded in the DNA of the school from the ANT4 um, all the way to um, Ronald McNair to Terrence J to yes we still claim Taraji P. Henson because she went there for a year um, all the people that went there um, at the school who have made great changes um, and who have been um, instrumental to not just my school but to the country and to the world why I chose A&T the prestigious and notorious university in Greensboro, North Carolina well that's a complex question as a kid coming from the inner city um, college period was an outlet it was an opportunity to network and see other parts of the world without going too far from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I knew I didn't want to go to Winston-Salem State because that was too close for comfort. Uh, But I also knew that I didn't want to go too far. I guess it might have been the appeal of coming home and doing laundry sometime. Um, Nah, but seriously, um, I chose A&T because I felt like it would be just far enough to, you know, Explore, network, and, you know, and still be comfortable and still have that North Carolina culture. But to keep it short, why I chose A&T was the fact that this was a university that was going to um, represent what it meant to be an excellent black citizen. It represented black excellence. It represented culture. It represented style. It represented, you know, a certain demeanor. It represented a high standard. Why did I choose ANT? Well, going through the process of applying to colleges, uh, my nana, she uh, sat me down and we had this college book. And it had all the college in America. Um, and we was going through it. And she pretty much flipped the page and said, uh, you've been around white people a little bit too long. I kind of want you to, to experience some more black culture. I was like, all right, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, I want you to attend at HBCU, historical black college university. So I was like, all right, cool. Um... So, of course, she didn't want me. She did not want me to go f- like further down south, like Mississippi or like Texas. Like she didn't want me to go nowhere near that area. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll stay somewhere close, East Coast wise. Um, I knew I didn't want to really go to Howard um, just because of their historical history, and I kind of want to make my own history. So um, I applied to pretty much. All the HBCUs um, in North Carolina, you know, Central, which is the same state, uh, A&T, Johnson C. Smith. Um, and the funny thing is, um, I remember it like, see, like yesterday. Um, the first letter I got back was from North Carolina A&T. And it was a rejection letter. And when I read it... <laughs> I was hurt. I was crushed, decimated. Um, 
I was just filled with rage. And I felt like I was not even good enough for college. Like, you serious? You're not going to accept me? Like, a guy that's been on the honor roll, you know, 3.2 GPA. Like, this was some straight bull. And I was just so upset. Um, And the following week, Johnson C. Smith came. And they accepted me. And I'm just, to me, I'm just saying, screw this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Johnson C. Smith. I'm going to Charlotte, you know. Um, they're the first school to accept me, like, to get these other schools. I'm going to Charlotte. Um, and then I watched a YouTube video of Johnson C. Smith of, like, their dorm rooms and stuff like that. And I was not pleased whatsoever. Ever, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know, man. This is, ugh, this is, this is very skeptical. So my grandmother came to me again. And she, uh, she pretty much sat me down. She's like, I want you to reapply and see what happens. So I did, and all the rest of the school start coming in. Central accepting me. Winston Salem accepting me. Um, like I had a lot of schools accepting me, and the last school to accept me was North Carolina A&T. And so from then, I was like, okay, let me see what the school is all about. What's the hype about it? You know? And I went to uh, orientation. And I kid you not, we only stayed for a day. A lot of walking, a lot of walking. But the campus was so beautiful. It's just like, you, you know how you feel like you were right at home? I felt like I was right at home. All right. So shout out to everyone that we uh we had in contribute to that that part of the the podcast from Stefan, um the van and there's a couple other people in there, so salute to my boy Tyron. So we definitely uh appreciate them for, for chiming in. And it's it's really interesting even listening back to the sounds that I got for this podcast and you really see how much A&T means to so many different people you know That's okay. um, one thing before we talk about Aggie Pride you you were at PG Community College mm-hmm. and then you later transferred in like talk about that because you know home like PG County for those who don't know like Prince George County is full of a lot of successful black people a lot more than really more than every other area in this country so for you to see all right this is one avenue and then you go to A&T where Greensboro is completely different from the DMV and adjust how was that for you um it was it was definitely it was like it was intense like it was a quick trip like a quick step up um at pg was just seemed like you know a continuation of high school like okay there's more classes boom boy like so i was just taking a general class and everything but when i got to a and t like it was like immediately like i remember i got my schedule like the last the sunday before school started so crazy um <laughs> so i was in my econ straight out the gate like my econ class straight out the gate I had accounting I didn't want to take that joint. Like it was just like, boom! It was really, it really put me in my like, okay, now you're doing something now. Um, the it was hot. Oh man! Like <laughs> I had never been somewhere so humid. Um, I switched my shirt two to three times a day. Like, and guys, for the record, 
you would have thought Rob was a cartoon because every shirt was either a black tee or a white tee or the King Griffey Mariners jersey. That was it. That's all Rob was wearing. Look at him. That's a fact, yo. Um, I switched it up you know, a little later, but it's still the same basis. But um, yeah, like I, I remember I had, um, I forgot the class I had, but I had it in Craig. And I had health in Heinz. And once I made that walk the first time, and I was like, I could feel the imprint of my backpack on my back, and it was sweaty, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm just not going to do this ever again, yo. I knew I had to drop that. <laughs> it was too hot. I was going to die, yo. Like, and then you got to go get from, there in 10 minutes. That's, that's what I'm key. saying. From you got to get there in 10 minutes. That's for one. Fam, I was dying. Like, And I stayed in um, Haley, so like... Oh, Haley. Oh, the dorm life was definitely way better than living at home, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because Haley, I guess it was like the first that year was the that it was year. co-ed. It was co-ed. So it was and like one floor was guys and the rest no, was girls. It, it, yeah, it was like, say it was like 50 like sections or whatever. Four of them was dudes. And I was one of them. So we had like 10, 15 dude tops. And the rest was just women, you know, like we used to sit in the computer lab doing nothing, just talking to whoever came in. Like that's it was amazing. Um, yeah. But it definitely put me on the mindset like, okay, you really getting into what you want to do. It was great. So before we continue, we got a couple other um homies of ours who transferred in. And I think some people is when you you know, I guess when you're a student and you're your peers, you think they've been there from the jump like you, and you're like, they experienced something else other than A&T? So I always like hearing their perspectives because they left for whatever reason and they end up making, you know, the, the best decision for them to come to A&T. So let's listen to a couple of our friends, and we'll be right back. So the reason why I transferred to North Carolina A&T was, one, um, was their engineering department. Uh I was already in an engineering program at the previous uh, school that I was going to, uh, but I just didn't feel like it uh, met my needs and what I wanted to do uh, with a future career that I was seeking. Um, And then on top of that, uh, there's more factors that play into why I transferred. Uh, One, it was, or I was up in Minnesota. Uh, It was too cold for me, like, just extremely cold during the winters and the winters would last so long I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling it no more and then uh, another factor uh, played into uh, transferring to A&T was I did have a girlfriend at the time but that's neither here or there now so um, but at the same time uh, my parents or excuse me my uh, damn my family uh, my mom was down there uh, and you know she was one of the people that actually uh, talked to me about transferring to A&T as well as my godmother and she's a, an alumni I think of 86 I believe and um, yeah that's that's what kind of convinced me to go uh, to transfer to A&T because Again, the engineering program was outstanding. I've only heard great things about it. And I said, hey, you know, I I might as well, you know, apply and uh, see if I get in again, because I actually did uh, get accepted uh, before, uh, you know, uh, graduating high school. And um, I just didn't take it at the time because I I didn't think that it was the right fit for me. But eventually uh, it 
it was. Uh, it did. And my adjustment to A&T or once I got there uh, was was fairly or went fairly well. Um, I, I, I didn't think that uh, I was going to be um, somebody that I guess was um, going to have a lot of friends on the side, you know, here, there, and everywhere uh, when I attended there. Uh, but come to find out, like, uh, it, it fit me. Um, and being a biracial person, uh, I've been more in touch with my African-American side than my Caucasian side already. And so it kind of just fit for me. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than, you know, just being with I guess a whole bunch of white people. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I definitely, definitely uh, would suggest if anybody else would to want to transfer to an institution like A&T, I would definitely, definitely suggest to do it because um, it's it's great. I, I, I never for a second regret the fact that I transferred to A&T. It's 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 a great school. I I just enjoyed myself there, and I, I actually wish I could be there still. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was great, great times. What made me decide to go to the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural Technical State University was the hose, the hose, and the hose. What you mean, the hose on the south side, the hose in the villages, the hose in pride. The pose and the calf. Nah, nah, nah. Real talk, real talk. Um, but maybe decide to actually. I actually transferred to North Carolina AT after my freshman year. Um, I had attended uh, another HBCU, and pretty much my only reason for going there was because of the money. I got a, I had got a full ride there. But while in my time there, I realized that it just wasn't a fit for me, just from just the campus life, uh, the area that it was, and city that it was in, and then also just because of the majors that were offered uh, were none that I was actually interested in. And North Carolina A&T had everything that I was actually looking for, um, even though it did cost me a little bit more money. But, no, it was really they offered from the programs of that I was interested in, from engineering to uh, journalism. And then also, outside of the campus life, during a time in my life when I was actually thinking about not going, even going back to school, a friend of mine from high school persuaded me to go to A&T. He told me this would be the perfect fit for me and this will be one of the greatest decisions of my life and to this day I have no regrets for making that decision and I still thank him for that okay so first let me start off by saying that Aggie Pride is worldwide I'm originally from the Maryland area so I heard about the Aggies in North Carolina A&T um, when I was growing up in my hometown and from there I just had a big interest in the university so I decided to transfer and when I talk about Aggie Pride, it's just um, the way you carry yourself. Um, no matter who you meet that's from the same university, you just show love like it's your brother or your sister. Um, and you look out for them no matter how long um, you've known them or, you know, where you're at. You just take care of them as if they were family. And I've seen those examples since I started at A&T, um, it was hard adjusting to the university as a transfer because most people had friends coming up um, when they started as a freshman there. 
So for me, once I got really active in the journalism department, I first met a student and it just skyrocketed from there. I just continued to meet people in the department and now they're forever friends. I'll never forget I met my mentor um, while being in an edit bay at the university and that's like family now too. We talk till this day um, and we just keep it real with each other no matter what it is and we try to look out for each other and just continue to succeed. So I will never regret um, transferring to a It's the best decision I've made in my life thus far. And um, I will forever continue to support people at the university till this, um, you know, until I can. Um, and yeah, I'm just super excited that I went there and made that right decision. And I'll forever encourage people to go to HBCUs and support HBCUs. And if I can convince them to um, go to the illustrious North Carolina a State University, I will do so. So, yeah. All right, man. Salute to our boy Kata. He he was wilding. <laughs> uh, my homegirl Alexis, my man Dom. Shout out Dom, man. He, he Shout out to the love. lobby boys, man. <laughs> LB. Sweet life, right? <laughs> oh yeah, sweet. That was sweet F too, man. Yeah. Well, he was technically E though, but he would come over and kick it with us. But see, his yeah. first year he was an F. <laughs> uh, see, yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing is, like, it would alternate. One year E would be popping. Like, I remember the first year when Lobby Boys was created, E was dead. F was popping. E, e was super dead, and, and F F was the yeah, way. We got the lobby popping. And then, like, the next year, I was like, oh, everybody popping. Because I was actually, because remember, the first year I was a lobby boy, I was in Haley. So I was just always, I was not why I was always in Sweets, though. So I was actually in Sweets the second year, and Sweets F, it was all right. But it wasn't like the year before. Sweets E was, something was happening every night over there. Yeah. Shout out to them, man. So now we want to get into, um, you know, what was your definition of Aggie Pride? So the real definition is achieving great goals in everything, producing renowned individuals dedicated to everything. But for me, I'ma say Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride is is home. Um I feel like and I think last year more than ever, like dog, I was in Jamaica, right? Mm. We land, we're we're getting ready to to roll out um from to drive to the grill from Montego Bay is a two hour drive. So we're in the car and as we're riding off, I see an Aggie and I was like, yo, we in Jamaica? You know, but literally on our we get to the airport where Van and I were just sitting around waiting. The dude was like, I keep right. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, yo, what up, baby? He was like, yeah, man, what up? And we we chopped it up. I'm like, yo, we we everywhere. People limited on Aggie Prize nationwide. No, 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 no. It is worldwide. You you could be somewhere random, and you know it's love to the point where my girl she be like, yo, do your mating call, and I'm like, chill, yo. Like this is this is what we're not gonna do. Because every time like she says that. I end up running with Aggie later. She's like, see, if you would have did it, we could have cut in line. I'm like, that's not what the purpose of, <laughs> of Aggie Pride is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, nah, and also, in, it was my senior, your first year, where Aggie's do was introduced. And I get it. 
And it's it's catching on, I guess. But it's whack to me, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's hurt. aggressive. It's Aggie pride. Like Aggies do is like oh, that's that's cool. Aggie. <laughs> but Aggie pride is like a it's like a uh, like you feel it. You feel me? I know I'm not the only one, dog. You know I'm not the only one. You know the funniest thing is my man got one free hand. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to our podcast more frequently, you'll you guys will see how wild Rob is. Mm, what does Aggie Pride mean to you, bro? Um, yeah, it's that. It's it's like a collective consciousness, you know, like everybody's you know, everybody's just shared an experience. It's time like instantly, like you meet someone who's an Aggie, they instantly could tell you like where they stayed at, um, who their teachers were, like big things that happened during that time period. Like, it's a, it's like walking around with, like, a personal time capsule. Like, everybody can instantly just tap right back into that. And it's just like an instant connection and instant support. It's to see people who look like you consistently, you know, performing and leveling up and, you know, inspiring you to do the same. So, like, yeah, Aggie Pride's real big. Do you have any examples of, of like, true Aggie pride? Or you want me to give one? Yeah, go and ahead. Then, all right, I'm going to give one, and then you give yours, and then we'll toss it some sound. So I'll never forget. I'm in the barbershop. It's a Saturday. This is probably the summer before senior year. And it's chilling, you know, just sitting there. Uh, sports is on. Music's playing. And somehow they get an argument of like which school got the best engineers, right? <laughs> so me, I'm not trying to chime in. I'm like, I want to see where this go. Yeah, it was like, yo, man, Morgan got the best engineers, bro. And I'm like, nah, yo, like it's A and T. Nah, man, it's Morgan. I'm like, no, you check the stats. Like we produce the most black engineers in the country out of every school. Nah, man, look it up, look it up. Okay, <laughs> looked it up. Oh man, I guess you're right. I'm like, I'm not dissing Morgan. Like, I got love for Morgan, but you're not about to come for us, right? So then this is old head. He was like, "Yo, you an Aggie too?" I was like, "Oh, you went to AT?" He was like, "Yeah, man." Um, I forget what year he was, and um, he asked me like, "What year, mom?" I'm like, "Oh, I graduated 2015." He was like, "Okay," and he was in the chair, right? So he's in the chair getting his haircut. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he comes out and he's like, how you doing in school, man? I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm getting graduate, you know, Dean's List with honors. Um, he's like, yeah, what's your major? Journalism. We, we really talking. And he's like, you know what? I like you, kid. You're going to do this for Aggie one day. And when you do, you'll know what this means. He gave me a 20 and he just walked off. Never seen him again. I go to the shop all the time. I'm about to go later today. <laughs> Never yeah. seen him again. And I was like, I'm gonna do that for somebody. So I remember we we went. I mm-hmm. I gave a couple couple students some twenties, just like, hey, pay it forward. And to me, that was Aggie pride. I'm just like, you show love to me, I gotta show love to the next little homie and keep it going. You got any examples? That's, mine is more like on the surface. Like anytime we have a homecoming debate, like. 
It doesn't matter. Like, I remember I went back home, and my man, I was hanging with my man, Brian, you know. They got kept, you know, invited to the squad party. And yeah. we were talking about homecoming, and he was talking about man, Jamal, he went to Howard. So, you know, he's talking about, you know, come on, man, did he run the city, all that shit, all that stuff, you know. I'm like, no, bro. So I asked Brian, because he had been to both. I was like, yo, fam, which one did you get most turned at? Like, which one did you have the most fun at? Come, we've been down there, of course. So he gave it up, like, squad party is where it's at. And I said, that wasn't even Jiho. So right. he was like, yo, you know, like, on another level. Oh, we we definitely we definitely get the Jiho, but let's let's talk to some sound of um, you know what Aggie Pride uh, means to you know some people. To me, Aggie Pride means family. It means a self confidence in myself that I don't necessarily think I would have without walking into the doors of A&T. The first time that I met my beloved Ms. Wiggins, that's when I learned the essence of Aggie pride. Someone telling me all the things I could do and giving me a path to actually succeed and do those things. I don't necessarily think that the level of confidence that I have in myself, I would not have without the network of amazing people that Auntie connected me with. And that is the absolute essence of Aggie pride to me. Yeah, man. Uh, Hearing those responses again, it just, it just re-energizes what, those 10 letters mean like Aggie pride is not just a phrase you know um, yo did you just count those letters just now no I know math <laughs> like let's let's not do that I'm just asking <laughs> you, you I wouldn't be able to tell you offhand how many letters it was I watched like NFL films and I, remember, I was watching like Jerry Glanville when he was coaching Atlanta and he was like black's not a color it's an attitude and I'm, that's that's A&T to me. Like, that's Aggie Pride. It's, it's not just a phrase. Like, it's an attitude. It's a mm-hmm. way of life. It's either get yeah. win or get loss. It's just like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Like you said, way of life is just in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you go, once you get it, it's, you know, it don't ever go nowhere. All right. So now we, we about to get to the fun stuff. G-Ho, man. Bow down to a motherfucking G ho ho. You came into the game, Rob. A hey, to be real, yo, Rob is probably one of them, the most spoiled first year <laughs> Aggies of all time. Like his 2014, 2015, he got to see all greatness. <laughs> he saw no yeah. decline, only ascension. <laughs> So for you, man, you heard me, you know, we would talk every year or every really talk like once a month. You yeah. you heard my stories and, and whatnot. What does G Ho mean to you and like why was it so great? Oh man. G Ho's like G Ho's like watching Black Panther. Like it's a fulfillment of the ultimate hype machine. Like you know, how many times like it was like teasing for us and the Black Panther hit and I was like, yo, it's a really good movie. It's like, bro, I used like you said, I used to talk to Jerome bro, like every month at least. Like, and he would tell me these stories. It was like almost listening to like biblical stories of Canaan, like it's like oh, the <laughs> land of milk and honey. And I was like, that's niggas out here just wilding. You know, your man is always like trying to make his living situation like mad popping, and you're like, all right, you know. I mean, I'm living vicariously through you, even if it's your imagination, whatever. So, um, <laughs> so like, I get there, and, like, 
Like I said, for the first few weeks, it was, man. But, yeah, after Ben and Blackout, it was amazing, right? So, like, when Geo happens, like, we're in full swing. I mean, house parties are popping. Like, I remember going to the club. Like, the line is crazy. Um, Having a squad party was, like, oh, my goodness. Like, he told me these things, and I looked at him like he was crazy. And then I remember walking out the back, and there's literally, like, 600 people there partying with us. Like... Like, you don't like the... Gee, I was, like, crazy. Like, yeah, like I said, like, when I talk about that collective consciousness, like, that's everybody who's ever shared the same experience, who's ever walked the same steps as you. Like, and it's just people just having fun. Like, you just walk in and people's like, they're like, oh, you need some food? Here's some food. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're showing love. People are just playing music. Young as the plots is, I mean... Man. The plots is an experience. If you never have been to a Jiho, your first time at the plots. And it's funny when you go there and it's not I remember showing Rob, I was like, Ayo, because we, we used to like linger in front of the calf or at the calf mm-hmm. for like hours upon hours. And I'm like, yo, you see the plots? He's like, yeah, what about it? About five o'clock mm-hmm. Saturday, we're gonna come back and you'll see what I'm talking about. I was, I was like, all right, whatever. And yeah, when we got there, you could barely walk through that. Like, it took a good effort to get to the end of that shit. Like, bro, like, yo, like I said, it's crazy. Like, it's just so much. Like, it's such a great time. Like, the parties are intense. Like, it's just, like I said, it's just, like, yeah, it's like an ultimate, it's like the ultimate carnival or something. Like, so, so let me say this, right? And this is before I even get into me. I remember telling Rob, I'm like, oh, Jiho. Jiho is like refund season, but in a sense where you're just like, you got to have your money up. Like, no matter what week, yeah. you got to have your money up, Jiho. I remember telling Rob, I'm like, when Jiho, Jiho's going to hit you in a lot of ways, but this is when you kind of know it's here. When you start seeing the porta potties, <laughs> and I was like, Rob, whatever cash you need, get it now because the oh, ATMs God. will run out of money. For me, I had never seen the ATM run out of money. <laughs> I just knew it always had money. Whenever I needed money, mm-hmm. the ATM had it. And I remember telling Rob, I'm like, Rob, make sure, like, whatever money you need to get, go get it now. Mm-hmm. And I think you did. I think you listened, but. I want to say it was like TK, but it was one of us was like, y'all got to get some cash, go to the ATM. It was like error out of money. And I'm just like, tired to tell you. (laughs) I remember seeing it. I was like, yo, young is just wilding, yo. Like, it's about to be on one. I knew it just gave me that feeling like, oh, it's about to be one of them things. (laughs) So for me, man, like Jiho, again, we from from Maryland. My father's a Howard alum. For 18 years of my life, I thought Howard Homecoming was the greatest homecoming I've ever heard of. I, like, ever, you know? You hear the rap songs. I listen to PGC or uh, KYS. They would be like, yo, it's Howard Homecoming weekend. And, like, every rapper who's hot would just be at the club. Yo, so-and-so at love. Yo, we at Bliss Stadium. Like, all that, right? So I'm like, man, like... I wonder how Jiho going to be. And everyone was telling me, hey, Jiho crazy. And I'm like, all right, you know, like, we'll, we'll see. Yo, my first Jiho. So that's 2011. 
I did everything that week except go to the fashion show. I was like, uh, I'll, I'll mm. sit one night out. And I think every geo after that, outside of my alum, I said, like, it was a Tuesday. I've always set that Tuesday out because I'm like, let me make that one day the day I actually work. And then mm. every other day, we wild. Like, we drinking every day. And that's the one day where it's it's encouraged. It's like, hey, yo, what bottles you get? Because the liquor store is going to run out of all, like, essentials. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember that first Jiho, like, step show was turned. The clubs, I was in the club almost every night. The the um, the party at Music City, shout out to all the real Aggies that went to Music City, which, in my opinion, is still, like, the greatest club, Predon, the greatest club mm. ever. We literally went to, which is now Bucana's, but... At the time, it was Club Rio. Went to the Next Level party. That party was crazy. And that's also, like, the first party, like, I've been to where, like, a fight didn't shut down the party. Mm. Because at the time, if, if a fight broke out, that was it. It was like, all right, well, we're going home. Fight break out. They clear it out. Hey, yo, man, turn up his Geo. <laughs> Word. Okay. And we doing that. Then from there, we go to the pre-dawn, and we're there from, like, Jared and I, we got there at maybe like 1 a.m. So we're there from 1 a.m. to 6 in the morning, bro. <laughs> Come back. And also, I feel ashamed to say I have never seen an A&T parade. Like, ever. Have I ever seen a parade? I've never seen the parade because I'm always partying the night before. I've mm. never seen I think it. I've traveled during the parade and like had to get around it. Yeah. And also a memory I got with Rob was that Jiho. I was like, yo, because I I stayed in the village the last three years. I was like, yo, Rob, like, all right, come to my room. We we pregame it. And I think TK came. And when you you walked out, you were on the phone. You was like, yo, like that's Saturday. And you just see like you hear music playing, you see the tailgates, mm-hmm. and you like, oh, this is it. We went to the game. Yeah, we after did. halftime, just broke <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, yo. Yeah, we yeah, we had our first like fight in Geo. <laughs> you did? Yeah, when you was pulling up and I was like, yo, man. Oh, that, that, you know, 2014. I was like, we did, but no, no, no. yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> that was the dumbest shit ever, bro. <laughs> but we had just got there, like, because Ty had just got his car, <laughs> so we yeah. had to go there. This shit. like, watch. You just gotta be safe, man. Mm-hmm. Every anything and everything can go down. That's what I'm at homecoming uh, you never know so you just gotta stay alert when it comes to your cars getting broken into and or getting towed which right. is what happened with Tyler cause I was mad I was like why did Tyler even park there you should have told he parked there right so I go, I remember telling him I said yo how long you gonna be here he said I'm just being quick I said alright like, cause if you gonna be alone you gotta move your shit he said nah I'm good and we end up playing like 2k and some shit we cooling and I'm like my nigga, you here kind of long, and I'm like, and yeah, we came out the joint. Whole car was gone. <laughs> oh man! So 
Nah, but before we continue, man, um, shout out my homie Bert. You know, he does the amazing G-Hoes, do's and don'ts, designs, the flyers that you see. Him and a couple of people want to mention, you know, why G-Ho is so important. Gio is legendary on so many levels. Uh, you, you're reunited. First of all, um, you're back home. You, you're taking days off to fly or drive all the way back to Greensboro, North Carolina. And the more I get older, I appreciate it more because some of us be really busy where we we don't really contact each other, but we see each other like that whole weekend. And it's the vibe is so good. It's just it's it's amazing. It's like our own all-star weekend where we are the all-stars. Um, it's just an amazing vibe the whole weekend. It's just a vibe that you, you cannot really describe, but like you you feel it like I had to do something legendary this this time around. And you said it every single year. Um, and then you just, it's all these great alumni, the people who are are big and the people who just be chilling like we're all mixing together because we were once we were once fighting for that you know whatever we were chasing for in life we was fighting to get there and we are we are close to our accomplishments or we are there and we exceed it and it's just being there makes it feel like we've we've all we all have exceeded our you know what we wanted to do in life why is jiho so great man for me jiho isn't called greatest homecoming on earth for no reason Jiho is a place where black excellence is celebrated and appreciated. No matter what walk of life or background you come from, at Jiho, we are all joyful for the simple fact that we unapologetically are black. You know, we are celebrating our culture. We're celebrating our accomplishments. We're celebrating just another day of life. So, you know, A&T is what brought us together, and GHO is where we celebrate that togetherness. Um, and I don't see, you know, no other homecomings just competing or comparing against GHO. I mean, it is, it is called greatest homecoming on earth. So, you know, we the best, and Aggie pride. Why is GHO so great? First and foremost, it's the greatest homecoming on earth, and there's not one single homecoming on this planet that even comes close to touching North Carolina A&T's Jiho. Jiho is amazing because, simple and plain, it's a family environment. It's for everyone. Jiho is for kids. Jiho is for people in their 20s, people in their 30s. It's for people that are retired and have businesses and families. It's so much and more, you know, so many different people from different different cities, different states, um, different backgrounds, all coming together for one common thing and to celebrate this amazing university. It's, you know, unlike any other event that I can ever say that I've been able to partake in, homecoming for me was just something that you really got to witness the old saying come to life, you know, Aggie born, Aggie bred. When you die, you're Aggie dead. So many people just wanting to meet you um, from 
famous alumni coming back to give to the school or just a, a regular Aggie, you know, just an everyday Aggie just coming to greet you. It's so much love that goes on that campus, whether you're at the tailgate or if you're at the game or if you go to the concert or if you go check out the plots. Geo is really amazing. It's, it's a fashion show, show on Saturday. It's so much that it really just shows off the amazing excellence of not only a university, but a black university specifically of just all the amazing people, the creatives, the just environment as a whole. And Jiho really is just the greatest spectacle that I can say I've been able to have a part of. And I don't think there's a homecoming on this earth that touches Jiho. And that's why, to me, Jiho is so amazing. Jiho to me is the greatest thing ever because there's literally something for everybody. Whether you're an alum, undergrad, a friend of a friend, a spouse, you know, side chick, there's something for everybody, something where everybody can fit in and feel like they're going to have a good time. You take the time out to, you know, do some research and find it or your friends are plugged in or you know the right people, you're going to have a great time because it's literally something for everybody. It's, it's a scene, it's a setup, it's a tailgate, there's something that whatever vibe that you are looking for, you're going to get. Now, it doesn't always work out for some people because they don't know any better but it's still I would say more often than not you're going to have a great time and the amount of love that's shown is unmatched anywhere I've been I mean I've been to a couple of different stadiums and HBCU events and homecomings and the love is just really out there everyone is in a great mood you don't really see too many frowning faces you might see some dead faces because you know extra alcohol but you don't you don't ever see too many unhappy I'm not having a good time I want to go home right now type faces so much love for strangers for a love for undergrad so many people that you don't know you may never see them again but they they treat you as if y'all were best friends in school together and to me that's what's gonna keep me coming around until you know I'm in the wheelchair and I can physically cannot come anymore because it's just a love fest and you can't get enough of that you can't top that nobody can and nobody will. And we're back. Um, you know, Bert, Bert said it best is that communion feel where, you know, we all just come together and it's party, bro. And if you got the cookout cup, don't ask who's in the cup, just drink. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> if it's if you got a cup, like hey, yo, what's in there? It's it's not like we're gonna answer it, it's open your cup, we're gonna pour it in there. Uh, yeah, I don't know about this coronavirus <laughs> going around. We might have to hold that down. I mean, prayerfully it's the coronavirus body. won't be around by homecoming <laughs> because I'm trying to really go up and be five years since I graduated college. Yeah, like, you might go down. <laughs> <laughs> yo. You wow. <laughs> so you you've been there. I mean, you're you're still still there. Me, um, I want to ask you, how has A and T impacted your life for the better? Oh, yeah, we dropping bombs, man. We getting we asking <laughs> Emmy award winning questions. Oh man. Uh- <laughs> It impacted my life and it made me get friends as an adult. 
um, which is weird because like um, I've had so many friends as a kid, like so I've never been the guy that goes out and get new friends. Like I'm just I have no new now. friends, no and, new like <laughs> exactly like then meeting all the squad through Jarrell, like that was crazy. And the fact that I'm like real close with them now is crazy, you know. Um, it also helped with my uh, belief in self because like it's always good to know that you're smart outside of your area, you know. Like, if you're nice and bald in your neighborhood, like, it's good to know that you're nice, you know, outside your neighborhood, you know? Right, right. So it's like to see myself succeed and getting to, you know, do good things. And that that was important to see that it was a, it can be applied to stuff, like, outside of, like, PG County. Um, yeah, it just, it made me grow up, too, like... Like, you, you got to take care of yourself, you know? So, like, A&T's helped me in that way. Like, it's definitely helped me in the transition to being, like, a real adult. I dig that. I think for me, A&T's impacted me a lot. Um, I, I started at A&T fall of 2011, so that was interesting time. Still getting over the death of my mom. I was kind of just on my own. And I feel like, you know, you fast forward it now. I like what you said, a sense of self that definitely like my confidence grew immensely uh, while at the institution afterwards. You just know, like you can succeed, like you're not going to fail. Um, it gave me a network. I feel I feel like it's cool when I talk to people from from home and when they like, oh, we want to travel there. I'm like, oh, I got a homie out there. Oh, I got a homegirl out there. And I'm like, and a lot of the people I know is through A&T. Mm. Uh, if, if we out anywhere, like going to L.A., I'm like, bet I got some people out there. We're going to link. Or, you know, we go to Atlanta. Oh, bet, you know, I got to hit up this person, that person. Or I need to go to New York soon so I can see some other Aggies I don't get to see. Um, it definitely gave me a net worth network it gave me gave me a sense of like purpose like you know i always wanted to be the one to be like the the mentor to give back and through ant you see like old aggies giving back to younger aggies um i just look at like ant it gave me a sense of like just determination the things that i learned uh in crosby and other classes i had that I apply those tactics to my everyday life, working in, in the news, um, and working as serious. Just little things where it's like I can hang with these dudes. I'm I'm arguably better than these dudes, you know. Like it give you that confidence, that swagger. Um, but yeah, it definitely like I grew up for sure at A and T. And um, again, the friends I have. Shout out squad. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Don nah, man, Crosby, you know, shout out JMC, man. Like that that family is is there. And uh we definitely there's so many really dope people who I got to chime in on what ANT means to them and how it impacted them for the better. So let's take some time and uh, really just absorb what they had to say. Fellas, Aggies, what up? It's your boy Tyler, known as uh, Dragonfly Jones on Twitter. I'm reaching out to answer the question, um, how has ANC impacted my life for the better? Um, you know, ANC, 
holds a, a dear place in my heart. You know, spent some of the best years of my life there. Uh, grew up in Virginia, uh, lived in Greensboro for, you know, seven years uh, about. So, you know, I always say like, you know, Virginia is where I grew up, but, you know, Greensboro is where I like came of age, is where I became a man. And that's, you know, due to A&T. Um, but, you know, the, the one way that I would say A&T has impacted my life for the better is, you know, it gave me a family. It gave me a support system. Um, I made friends there who are, you know, still lifelong friends to this day. And, and once you're lifelong friends, you're not friends, you're family, you know, um, you know, and I was blessed to come across, um, you know, faculty and professors who who had, our, you know, our best interests in mind, who, 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 you know, didn't handle us with kitty gloves, who shot straight with us. Let us, you know, they let it be known that they were preparing us for a world, you know, where the cards were going to be stacked against us, where we we're going to work, have to work harder than other people, you know, just due to the color of our skin. And, you know, it was something that, you know, a lot of us knew, but just to have professors who are, you know, just so straightforward with that was definitely something that, you know, was needed. And also, you know, them serving as examples of being successful while being, you know, black professionals was was definitely inspiring as well. So, yeah. So so that would be the one way I would say that Auntie has inspired my uh, life, you know, has influenced my life for the better is that, you know, gave me friends and family for, for life and it gave me a support system and it gave me motivation and life lessons that I still harp back on that still motivate me to this day. Well, all right, fellas, I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Aggie Pride. North Carolina A&T has impacted my life tremendously for the better. The reason why I chose to go to North Carolina A&T was because of the rich history the school has and, of course, the engineering program. North Carolina A&T has made me a well-rounded individual who is determined to do great things in life despite the obstacles that I might face. You might ask yourself, why is that? Well, because that's what Aggies do. Man, A&T has impacted me in so many different ways. Um, they've blessed me. Well, my school has blessed me with a everlasting family. Um, the way that Aggies care about each other and got each other's back is nothing like I've ever experienced. And when I compare to other schools, it's nothing like they've experienced. They know we stick together forever. Like, it doesn't matter when you graduated. We always got each other. And I think because... Because we have each other's back and we look out for each other, we're able to excel and um, put each other on to things. And also, we're just, our students are just dope. Yo, this is uh, Malik Clark, class of 2014. Uh, my man, Jarrell, asked me to say a few words about what A&T means to me, um, which is extremely hard considering how much it means to me. Uh, you know, played a sport there. Made some lifelong long friends there. Uh, ex- experienced, you know, great success, and at the same time, experienced great failure. Um, and, it, and it shaped me into, you know, to the person who I am today. And it's, oof, hard, hard, to, hard to compact. You know, four four years of experiences into a few short sentences, but um, it's it's home. It's definitely home. You know, def- definitely, I feel like every time I go back, you know, I feel like this is it. You know, this is where I belong or where I once belong. You know, since I'm no longer there. You know, now it's um, it's it's there for somebody else. You know, they're there for somebody. Who was once in my shoes, looking for looking for a home, looking for somewhere to belong, and and I mean that, that's what A and T means to me. It's it's always 
a place for somebody who's searching for something. You know, if you if you searching for something, you you'll find it at AT. One big shout out to my little brother Jarrell Leeper. And I appreciate him reaching out for me this question. This is a great question to ask. You know, someone who is a proud alumni of North Carolina A&T. Um, what has A&T taught me? Mm. Camaraderie. Uh, A&T is someone that's more importantly a, an institution that allows you to go ahead and build yourself. And sometimes, especially now speaking about Crosby and the communication department, you know, you went out without. And you've learned that you had to not only on your own, but you also realize that, you know, communication and more importantly, is a team sport. So A&T taught me about internal grind, taught me about betting on myself, and more importantly, clicking up with like-minded individuals. Some of the people that are still my friends today are people that I worked with, collaborated with, shared similar energy and dreams. Without A&T, none of that would have been possible. And I'm forever thankful for that because without those connections, I wouldn't be as grounded, I wouldn't have the solid foundation that I still take pride in. And that foundation allows me to go ahead and inject that energy and that, yeah, inject that energy into the next generation. So anytime that someone reaches out to me that is younger, anyone that comes from Crosby, anyone that played baseball at one point in time, anyone from Delaware, because you know there's only so many of us, you know, I'm always down. Because A&T, it's where it begins and it ends. So Aggie Pride. Shout out to a thousand jumpers, my man Jarrell Leeper. Proud of what you do, little bro. And we in here. Talk to you soon, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, I know the jewels that was just dropped is is ridiculous. Like so many people really, you know, like appreciate A and T. And for me, knowing some of the people when they were, you know, 18, 19, and then knowing them now, it's like you can see the shift. You can see the difference, the, the change. So uh, big ups to, again, big ups to everyone that we were able to get to be on this podcast because they took time out of their busy oh, schedules to show love. And that's what Aggie Prize, what A&T is all about, you, is you. always just giving back. And if there's an Aggie in need, you know, you just help out as best you can. So um, and speaking of which, to to add some some flair to it, I wanted to get different perspectives. Um, I wanted to talk to some people who were from Greensboro, and instead of going to whatever school they were capable of going to, they stayed home and went to A and T. So I want um, our listeners to hear what made you know shout out our boy Greg and my boy Sean. What made them want to stay homegrown? Uh, it's Greg. AKA now that's fresh. Uh, follow me on Instagram at underscore Greg the designer underscore. Uh, the reason why I chose AT is because the history. Like my granddad went, my dad went, and so I had to go. Um, I knew a couple girls that were there, had some homies that were there. Um, that I knew I could kick it with. Uh, I wanted to be an electrical engineer to start off, but as y'all know, that didn't work out. I turned into a designer. But I wanted to go for engineering. It was number two in the state. Uh, Number one was NC State, but NC State is 63% male, so you already know that wasn't happening. Um, Also, the band... Uh, how lit it was, the parties, everything that I heard about it, homecoming, it was all perfect for me to go. So thank God I went. Of course, I'm an Aggie till the day I die. My question was, 
what made you choose A&T, especially since you weren't raised in Greensboro, and how do you adjust? Fun fact, A&T wasn't my first choice when I was a 17-year-old choosing where I would spend my four years of undergrad. I was from Greensboro. My parents went to A&T. My grandfather went to T. I would have been a third-generation Aggie. At the time, I wanted to chart my own path. I always knew A&T would be there for me, but I really wanted to go to NC State. I applied to a bunch of schools, got accepted into all but one, you know, Cornell, you missed out. I visited every school in North Carolina I got accepted to. When I visited those schools, I just had this feeling that that just wasn't for me. I I couldn't explain it. It was my last semester of high school and I've narrowed down my choices to A&T and State. As an early college student at the great James Benson Dudley High School, I was able to spend my senior year taking classes at A&T. I was over there doing my daily work, as a college student would, just the taste of the real deal. I had one overnight visit for the Minority Engineers program at NC State. I had a blast and I made a bunch of friends, but I just couldn't shake this feeling like I was one of few here. No matter how they dressed it up, I still doubted I just doubted the feeling. The next week, I visited the first floor, the fourth floor of McNair Hall to check out the department that housed my intended major of architectural engineering. I was only there for about an hour, but I couldn't believe it. I saw so much camaraderie, intelligence, hustle, and just plain support. The department chair at the time, Dr. Hamoush, even took time to like talk to me and, and give me all the reasons why I should be here. I was torn. I had to give credit to the honors department director at the time, Dr. Mike Kundal. It was my first meeting with him, and I'd open up about how torn I was in choosing what school I was going to go to. I loved A&T. I did, but I didn't want to stay in my hometown. And state was cool, but I just didn't feel it fully. He put it to me simply. You can spend these four years anywhere. Why not go to a place where the people look like you, teachers want the best from you, where there's support, where you're not a number, where people are coming to hire you? You have the rest of your life to live anywhere in this world. What's four more years the best thing you can do for yourself? Man was quite the salesman. Well, that, and I got more scholarship money from A&T. But even without that scholarship money, the decision was super easy all along. Aggie born, Aggie bred, right? The adjustment period was rough for me. Not because of adjusting to college life and classes, I actually picked that up pretty easily. Uh, A&T really humbled me. I, I came in, I thought I knew it all. I thought I could just run through the motions, but it was deeper than that. At A&T, you know, it's HBCU. Everyone looks like you. You have to stand out in order to make your own way. I hate to be cliche, but if you wanna stand out, you have to be yourself. The best way of doing that is to be yourself. Talk to everyone. Don't act like you've been there, done that. My mentor, Joey Daniels, taught me that the hard way. You can always grow, always learn. And at A&T, you'll learn something new daily. I won't, you know, I won't lie to you folks. There was a split mere moment where I was, where I thought I was taking my talents, when I thought I was taking my talents to the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, I thought that was me settling. I have never been more wrong in my life. 
A&T is a utopia that can never be duplicated, that people spend their years trying to recreate and fail. It cannot be done. Without A&T, I wouldn't be on this podcast telling my story where I became friends with the Don Dapper J himself. A&T made me this man I'm proud to be. And I'll speak its truths to whoever, whenever, whatever. Just let me know. Aggie Pride. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um both both uh their both Greg and, and Sean, they they gave some real interesting perspectives of why they chose to stay. Uh Greg, it was both both of them had lineage, like their parents had went to A and T. But I mean for Sean it was engineering and then Greg it was engineering too before he went into graphic designing. And he's a beast of a graphic designer. Y'all need to I'm putting everyone's like description what they do in here, like their at names, so y'all go follow them and you know, support each other business wise. They got businesses, so um, it's definitely it was interesting just to hear their opinion, but also it was really dope because we got people out on the west coast. I, I got some of them to chime in on how they were able to adjust because I think we got it sweet where outside of North Carolina, the DMV runs AT, yeah, so in a sense, where the style of living changes, at least you know the people you're there with is similar and they know somebody, you know somebody from back home. It's like, oh, you know so-and-so? All right, cool. We we got a synergy. Cash from LA, time zone, all of that. It's just them. So let's let's um listen to our boy Ronnell and our girl Kaya and see how they were able to adjust. My transition to A&T. Um, it was rocky. I'm not going to lie. I guess I should start off saying that I went to college 17-year-old from L.A. to Greensboro, North Carolina. And, you know, I had struggles with my roommates. I don't feel like they understood who I was. Um, you know, my first semester there... I spent a lot of time alone. Um, you know, people probably thought I was kind of stuck up and like insane because I came to college 17. I had like this faded mohawk. I had no hair. And then I moved into my dorms with a camera crew. <laughs> so they're probably like, who does this bitch think she is? But it was it, it was such a fun experience because it was kind of me grappling with myself as far as, you know, who I let in, what energy was I willing to surround myself with? And most of the time I was like, nope, not cool. And like changing my circumstances, shifting my environments. I changed dorms, you know, and it was really a time for me, even so young that I was just like figuring it out. I'm so grateful that I had the support system that I had then, like, even now, I still talk to my RA from freshman year, you know? I went into college as a chemistry major, which was a horrendous idea. I don't know why I did that to myself, but it was easy in high school and I thought it'd be easy in college. And, you know, I did have some fun times. Like I was in chemistry club and I dove into the social aspects of things that I thought would make me a well-rounded student. I was very cognizant even then about long-term and what can I learn? That was really 
what I went into college thinking. That was my transition into A&T. And if you're interested, the reason that I had those camera crews is called First 48 HBCU Edition, and it's on YouTube. So coming from A&T, um, first and foremost, uh, coming from California was a lot. My name's Rondell Miller. Um, graduate North Carolina A&T State University in 2016. But yeah, coming from California, uh, going to A&T, it was a big transition. I mean, I have family from North Carolina on my mom's side, so that was good when I got there. I got to connect with them more, meet them. But going from, you know, city life to uh, Greensboro, which is like, you know, kind of mid-city in the south, um, it was a lot slower pace at first. The biggest thing for me was the cold. I didn't really experience cold like that. So I got really sick my first semester. Um, so like, I mean, like really, really sick where I really had the flu. I never really had the flu like that. I had colds, but like flu, like I was out, out of school for like week, week, week and a half. Um, so that was big. Uh, we had a West Coast Aggies club. So like that was dope. I met different people from different Western states that went to A&T. So that was cool. I got involved with that club started doing some great work with them. Um, but yeah, I guess for like mainly the out-of-state students, I would, my biggest thing would be financial planning. So before you're getting ready to go to any school, you're in high school and you're thinking about going out-of-state, definitely try to save as much money as you can. Uh, and also any of those allowances or things that you have, just put money to the side to buy different things that you want. Um, and, you know, you know, you want to make your dorm right or your apartment. You maybe want to have some gas money or have some money saved if you can get your car. Um, so yeah, just traveling was different. Um, but yeah, just the experience of the South was just really dope. Like I liked it a lot. I liked that I got to meet more of my family that's in North Carolina and also some family up in, uh, in, uh, Atlanta and then also in, uh, DC and New York, like being able to travel, um, being in that central location in the, you know, in the South and the East coast. It was really dope. Uh, so I encourage anybody that wants to go out of state in the HBC, any California students or just any people from the West Coast that's trying to go down south, like I encourage it because it's a totally different experience. The hospitality is dope. You get to meet different people from different types of places, different types of countries. Um, and you really just get the network. That HBCU experience is very much dope because you have so many different types of people of African descent that come to these schools. And you also have people that aren't African, African descent. Uh, you know, we had a Chinese exchange program. We had a Saudi Arabia exchange program. We had different students from different countries. Um, and also we had people that, you know, from Puerto Rico. Um, we also, you know, had other Hispanic students. So I don't just think that it's just black, single, uh, heterosexual people that are going to these schools. Like you have people from all different types of walks of life. So like that, you know, definitely gave me a different perspective on the South. Like they typically, you know, make it seem like it's just black and white, but no, it's very much a lot of diversity uh, across the board in all areas and uh, facets. So I encourage anyone to, uh, you know, I encourage people definitely if you want to go to North Carolina, I, I say definitely, you know, prepare and, you know, keep those academics up. Yeah, those those answers were real. Um, Ronell was talking about how he got sick just because he was, he wasn't used to the, the uh, the climate change and Kaya, mm. you know, I remember young Kaya too. Like, especially, like, just I remember like our early conversations, and I, and it's funny. Kato was like, "Yeah, man, you meet uh KW." I was like, "Who's KW?" He's like, "No, you gotta meet her, bro. Like, she's super cool." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> then I meet her. I was like, "Kaya, what you get in this department?" 
yo, dad, how you know how you know her? I'm like, bro, I've known her like <laughs> since 2011, my freshman year. Like, she's homie. So, nah, it, it's super cool just to see. And shout out Cali, man. Like, a lot of some of the like the chillest people I know from A&T and just in, in life are, are from Cali. Much love to LA. And shout out to the Bay, my man Marcus, my girl Raina. Um, salute to them too. So, yo, I remember Marcus was dancing, dancing, yo, near the ATM. I was just walking this one time. I was like, "My man going in." It was like seeing Tom Shepard above the rim. <laughs> yeah, nah, he was he going was, in. He was just like the cheat coded. Uh, you know, like stomp the yard when it'd be like a dance battle. We'd be like, yo, where Mark is at? We bring him in. And he was Marquise's roommate. Keith would be like, yo, that's my roommate. And I'm like, yo, that's hard. Oh, uh, so now, nah, man, salute to them. And Facts. so it's crazy, man. It, we couldn't have done this episode without getting some A&T royalty. Facts. So it's only right that we got a friend of the show, Miss Maja Gary, former, uh, Miss North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Ooh. I had to get one of the illustrious queens. We got so many of them. So I had to get one. And I asked her, as a Miss A&T, do you feel like you lived up to the legacy of the past queens? And what was your greatest impact on the university? So let's hear what she had to say. I am going to say no. I say no because the object for me was not to live up to past Miss A&T's legacies, but to create my own. That's what's so special about being Miss A&T is that you create your own legacy and you get to lay the foundation for the next queen after you to walk on. We are all similar, but different. Similar in that we share some of the same core values, but we all have different perspectives on what it means to be Miss A&T. And I am so grateful for all of the queens that came before me who paved the way for me to continue the legacy that is Miss North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. My greatest impact on the university was that I got to inspire others to believe that anything is possible. My entire campaign, my entire reign was centered around perseverance. My objective was to let others know that if you just keep going, if you don't give up, and if you believe, it can happen for you. And I got to share my story as Miss A&T as a testament that anything is possible if you work for it, persevere, and believe in yourself, just like I did. And I want to give a big shout out to Maja uh, during her time. I know she she did a lot. I remember her campaign was, was ridiculous. Like, man, you know how like, campaign season is, especially yo, when they come to Miss A and T. Nah, hers was like a clean sweep. Like, it was like campus takeover, yo. Oh yeah, she had like the Twitter. She did a live Q and A with the students on Twitter before that was even the thing, bro. She definitely right. like, transcended the game. And I'll, I'll say this as another humble brag. My four years, it was all Crosby uh, kids. So it was a cheat code. We do this for a living. Like, right. The management, the branding, that was all us. So salute to all the queens from Maja, the very first one to who. I don't even know who, who the queen is today, but salute to all NCAT royalty. Um, yeah, most definitely. Men and women, the Mr. and Mrs. North Carolina A&T State University.
it would be no Aggie Pride A&T podcast if we didn't talk about how the blue and gold marching machine really cranked, bro. Like, before we get into our homies that were in the band, how was your experience when you first heard the band? We're not going to tell them what you thought about the football game, but the band. No, I'm going to tell you what I thought about the football game. <laughs> I remember watching the come game. up since then. And, um, yeah, our quarterback was Booty Juice. And I remember being just horribly mad at this man because he was Y'all, the pigs. Like, take his scholarship. We're like, bro, like. My guy, I have no personal issues with you, but, boy, I don't know if you had a good year that year, but that game was ass. And so I'm like, yo, let's bounce because this is, I'm just getting angry. Like, the skins already made me angry enough, so I don't need a double whammy on Saturday and Sunday. So um, I was like, nah, man, you got to stay to watch the band. And then, like, that was a real, I didn't know that was, like, a real thing. It really was, and they really shut it down. So it's like, wow. It's like, it's like, I don't know. It would be like having, like, the girl, the UConn girls team on your campus. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. oh, part of our school is, like, legendary. Like, and I get this witness people who are part of legendary shit every day. Like, one of my roommates was in the band. And, man, it was lit because, like, it was just me in the room, bro. They would be practicing all types of times, man. Like, yeah. so, yeah, shout out to the band, yo. They're really, like... Next level. Now, seeing the band um, being at the Celebration Bowl, at the Atlanta Classic, I actually went down to battle the bands. And the two years I went, we won. So it was like, yo, we got the best band. We're going up against Jackson State, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. There was a couple other bands like Grambling. I'm like, yo, our band is better than everybody. (laughs) And for me... You know, people were like, what about FAMU? Before the, the incident, without a doubt, FAMU's greatest HBCU band ever. Like, they was doing Super Bowls, all of that. Like, that's that's a level that's just unmatched. But after the incident, hey, yo. Like, what happened? It was like a, a bad hazing incident, and, like, someone died. And oh, then they got yeah. suspended, all of that. Mm. But after the, they're hazing. I think like we're we're the best band. Um, it's always dope to see our band perform. Like yo, we killing it right now. So now much much love to our band. And I got some homies. Uh, my man Aaron, better known as A Dub, one of the uh, the leaders of the Polar Movement. My boy Paul. They they are. Oh, they were members of the Blue and Gold Margin Machine. But I feel like once you're a member, you're always a member. So they want to tell you some of their experiences. I have to say my favorite um, moment of being in the Blue and Gold Margin Machine was probably when we marched in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, just being in the band, like, I got the opportunity to travel to places that I've literally never been or, like, never thought that, that I would go. Like, we've been to Disney World, New York City. I've been to Florida. I mean, just, like, Delaware. I mean, just, like, the list just goes on and on. But being able to not only be in the Macy's Parade, but also to lead the parade and be the first black um, band to do so was pretty iconic. Um and then just having the opportunity to spend Thanksgiving in New York City and just, like, experience... I mean, like, we went to see The Lion King. We we went 
on a cruise. I mean, we had the most lavish and luxe Thanksgiving dinner I've ever had. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade in 2012 was absolutely, like without a doubt, my favorite, favorite moment um, of being in a blue and gold marching machine for sure. What's going on? This is uh, Aaron Ammons. Some know me as A-Dub. Uh, I entered North Carolina A&T in the Blue and Gold Marching Machine in fall of 2012. Um, band was such a big part of my life at A&T that I ended up joining Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary Band Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and even further, ended up becoming the president of the Iota Zeta chapter. So marching band was huge for me while at A&T and really in my life in general. And some of the things that I learned from being in the marching band was time management. Um, whether we have a show coming up, we might have after practice things going on, uh, planning for the next event, also going to class, also trying to have a social life, you know, also trying to take time to whoever you're dating at the time. And you just learn time management because you're juggling so many things. So how does that affect my life? Well, now I currently have my own business. I, I manage artists across the country. I'm also an IT specialist full-time. Uh, I still, you know, have, have relationships, and I still have uh, a personal life, and I still have family that I that I take, you know, that, I, that I'm a part of and, and love and have to spend time with as well. And so it allows me to manage all those things effectively because I've been managing things for so long, and the marching band forced me to learn how to time manage. Um, Leadership-wise, uh, I think I always knew I could be a great leader, and I always had leadership uh, attributes, but I think the marching band gave me more confidence in my leadership roles. Like, it, it, it was like I was put in certain positions that said, we're either going to like succeed with you or we're going to fail with you, but you're going to have to take us there, and I think that allowed me to fail. It allowed me to succeed, but it allowed me to learn and get more confident in myself as a leader. And, and that's something I wouldn't trace for the world. The last thing uh, being in the marching band taught me was um, it's okay to strive for perfection. It's okay to strive for perfection. And I think some, sometimes we'll have shows, and, and, and I used to hate it. We used to be on the field, and it's already uh, 8 o'clock on a Friday, and I got parties I want to go to. I got friends I want to hit up. I got, you know, whoever you want to go see after practice, the other things you want to do, not practice. And everybody already knows the show. But we still run it five and six and seven more times, cleaning up little details. And and back then, you look at it like, what the heck am I doing? Why 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 can't I just go home and have fun with my friends? But when you get to the real world, you realize like, okay, it's okay. Just because I, I already wrote my my speech, it's okay to go back in detail after detail to make it a great speech versus a good speech. It's okay. Uh, when a project I'm doing for work, I just finished it. It's okay to go back through a couple times to make sure the details are correct so that it's not just a, a good presentation, but it's a great presentation. And it's okay if I'm dropping a new clothing line and we go back and nitpick each design and nitpick each uh, commercial, nitpick each picture, you know, just to make sure it's the best possible quality thing that we can put out. And I think that's what the marching band and the Blue and Gold Marching Machine taught me is, is that it's perfection. Yo, I don't know if you remember. So, Rob and I, we're both Redskins fans. And. Sadly. Uh, nah, well, it's about to go up next year, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. 
but for me, the greatest Thanksgiving, you know, it's 2012, November 22nd, 2012. But what made it doper for me, I got up early that morning. And especially like when you're home on Thanksgiving break, you're definitely not getting up early. I got up because A&T was at the Macy's Day Parade. And I remember, I'm like, yo, we in the parade. I'm watching it. I'm like, just setting the tone. Today about to be the day. So to see us, and they they led the parade. Um, so that was just freaking awesome. And then, you know, that that night, like we beat Dallas and it was it was great. So I always remember that's so with Sleuth Paul that and actually I think they both were on they both were in the band at that time. But Sleuth Paul for mentioning that because that was definitely one of my favorite moments. I'm like, yo, that's I know them. Like <laughs> you know, so that was that was super cool. Um yeah, before we get up out of here, man. Yo, let's like what's your favorite like AT memory, yo? And that that's a wild question just cause there's so many, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Um for like party wise. So let's let's give one uh let's give one party or miscellaneous and then one like academic. Let's be um, fair. <laughs> party is definitely me crowd surfing. Um, <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> that was legendary for me. Um, it felt like I was on top of the world. I mean, a squad, we was throwing the biggest party. We was Everybody was there, and, and I was surfing the crowd. <laughs> like, who can be, like, who would have thunk it? You know what I'm saying? Like, Right, right. That's some other people's shit, you know? So I love that. That was a great moment for me. Um, academically, definitely getting um, inducted into the Omnicron Delta Epsilon Honor Society. Because um, my first year, probably due to me partying too much, <laughs> um, I ended on uh, academic probation <laughs> my, after my second semester. I was good my first semester, but like, yeah, I would just continue to watch. <laughs> you know, PCB was not good for me, bro. Like, I came back and wasn't inspired for shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I ended up on academic probation. It was like, so like, and like in hindsight, yeah, it was because of the party. But at the time, I was like, bro, like this is my first year, like away from home, and um, like I'm failing, and like I, like I'm a person who's been great in school my whole life. So I'm like, uh, what's going on? And then next year, like just getting on the honor society, like getting dean's list and getting on the honor society was just big to you know to you know apply yourself and. Turn it around that fast, so that was really good. I was happy about that. That's dope, man. I'm speaking of like grades. I remember the one the one semester I didn't make dean's list, so it was the semester second semester junior year. Cause yeah, we PCB the first year battle of the bands. Um, the first ever squad party. Like I was definitely mm. party, but it wasn't even just partying. Like major motives was taken off. I was one of the main people in my department. We were running everything, like shows, doing interviews with rappers. Like we were so locked in that I had like a two point seventy five. And I remember my folks, they were like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, No, I'm pissed. Like <laughs> I'm never getting this again. And that's the only time I didn't get Dean's list. Um in my out of the eight semesters. I got I think my uh Cumulative like a three point four six, 
So yeah, um, my smarty pants. Yeah, (laughs) so my favorite A and T memory that has nothing to do with school in terms of like the books, Mm -hmm. the day Barack won. That's that second term. Mm. That was the craziest day, bro. Oh, I remember that day. Everyone was nervous. I had I had early voted and. At the time, like the voting wasn't done in the union, so it wasn't like I had to go out out the way. It just go from I was in uh, Richmond, <laughs> just go across, and it's right there. So I did that. I remember everyone was nervous, and um, we were we were in the room, and I, I never forget it. Like it was me, my sweet mates Tyron and Fred, and Fred was like, "Hey, y'all, I'm about to take a shower." It's like, all right, well, if he win while you're in the shower, we gonna bang on it like, hey, yo, like we we turn up. Like they had a watch party in the union. That was to capacity, by the way, because we tried going in there and it was like, nah, you can't go in there. It's like, <laughs> all right. And Cora, shout out Cora, she was um, she was actually like the next door neighbor, quote unquote. <laughs> so we went into her suite and we're watching it. And you know, we sitting there, it's like myself, Cora, Tyron, and her sweet mates, Kayla and Kaylin. We just sitting there like, all right, come on, come on, please. And he won Ohio. And when he won Ohio, that's what gave him the delegates to win. Mm-hmm. It was like, he won. Yo, he won. And we hugged each other. People was screaming in the hallway. We go back in our room. Yo, Fred. And we thinking he in the shower, but Fred was one of them guys. Cause we don't gotta pay the water bill in the dorm. He will wait like thirty minutes for the shower to get warm and then go in there. <laughs> Be like, Fred, hey, I'm getting going. Like, hey, yo, he just won. He won. He won. So we run. <laughs> we're like, where do we go? Where do we go? Yo, let's go in the cro- oh, Let's go in the uh, the union. We go in the union, right? Mm. Mind you, they weren't letting anyone in because it was to capacity. Security was like, screw it, and let us in there. Uh, we turn it up. It's like, hey, four more years. And uh, <laughs> one of the funniest moments from that night, TK had danced on a girl, right? And we like, oh, he getting twerked on, hey. Oh, right? he's getting twerked on. I thought you meant, t- I was like, whoa, TK. Nah, so like, he, he's getting the twerk, right? We hype. We was like, hey. And dude out of nowhere, Hey, bro, that's my girl. <laughs> and he was like, oh, snap. <laughs> and then he was like, nah, I'm just playing. Turn up, man. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I got a twerk uh, right after. I was like, yo, I got a twerk because Obama won, bro. <laughs> I'm like, going to tell my grandkids. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we went back, <laughs> went back in, the, in the village like, People were jumping in a fountain. Um, that's the only time I seen people openly smoke weed and like security just looked the other way. And we marched all the way to the uh Aggie Four statue and we was just out. We was up to like two, three in the morning. And it was crazy. Um the next day. I remember I told Cole, I was like, what a difference the day makes. She was like, Why would you say that? I'm like, you know, he won yesterday. We did. Where's the shirt? He was going to win. And we went to this panel event, right? And the, the keynote speaker, I don't even know his name. He was like, y'all, what a difference a day makes. I was like, see, 
See, he gets it. <laughs> but that was my favorite. Um, that's my. That's a day I would relive again. Like it's not days I want to relive, but that's a day, like a moment in time I would want to relive and uh, experience. Um, I think the Drake quote. He was like, "I want to go back in life, uh, not to change things, just to fill a couple of things twice." Like. That day, I would really oh, love this. <laughs> um, but my favorite Aggie memory, scholarly wise, actually would be um, so in, in in Crosby, the toughest class, and things could have changed since then. But toughest class was law and ethics, the hardest class in the whole department. Like people didn't graduate on time because of this class, and it wasn't like a journalism class where you know you're you're chopping up video like uh, video editing or you're doing radio production. It was dealing with like the laws, you know, with law. So you got journalism and law, law and ethics. And shout out to my homegirl, Kim, man. Salute to Kim. Because of her, I swear, like she was on us. We had like these study groups. And that's also the semester I didn't get a dean's list, but I did get an A in that class. And I'm like one of like maybe five people who did that semester i feel like so salute <laughs> salute to kim shout out mel she'll tell you like there's no way for the past that class like people failed that class <laughs> but uh yeah so that's probably my favorite memory but um we got some other people including one of the the aggie goats you know darren brand he gave us his take on uh what his favorite a&t memory was and you gotta hear this one now y'all know if I'm gonna record this, I gotta be real. Let me hit the blunt for let me hit the blunt first. All right, okay, we locked in. All right, bet. My most craziest Aggie memory. Shit. Oh uh, man, I would say winning that first celebration bowl, bro. Like. You know what I'm saying? Undergrad memory got to be like the snow fights, bro. You know what? Williams Cafeteria Food Fight. Williams Cafeteria Food Fight. I think it was my sophomore year. <coughs> Midnight breakfast. Food fight, bro. Football players was dumping trays over the steps of the balcony on girls' heads as they was walking down. It was a full-blown massacre, man. It was one of the most wildest moments at T ever, bro. A whole full-blown food fight. I will never forget that. I remember Terrence J was the president, and he was like, hey, guys, we don't need to be doing this. Calm down. And somebody splat hit him with some food. Like, that's the thing about T, bro. Anybody could get it back then, bro. Anybody could get it, man. Like, that was one of my best memories ever, bro. Ever. Ever. You know, it's the end of the year. You tired. You broke. The midnight breakfast was popping. Everybody was fly. But everybody outfits was ruined. Nobody was safe, baby. Aggie pride. <laughs> my favorite Aggie memory is definitely sophomore year as a whole. Just everything was ridiculous. Campus, house parties. Just the fun was unmatched, bro. That 2013-2014 year was just legendary. Like, the things we did, the things we saw, bro, you just, if you weren't there, you'll just never know. I mean, I think that was the year of the first squad Saturday party, too. Like, that, you, ain't had a party like that since, bro. Like, sophomore year was just out of this world, man. I, I miss it. 
Hey, I'm Mariah Mosley, and I'm a 2015 graduate of North Carolina A&T State University. I'd have to say that my favorite Aggie memory was the chance to create our own talk show on campus called A Different View. And I think what was so cool about it was the creative freedom that we had as students, not only the resources that we had with camera equipment and editing software, um, but just the ability to write our own scripts and come up with different themes um, and different topics and be able to share that not only um, with the student body, but online and to be able to have viewers and an audience. Um, I think that that was really cool and a really great opportunity. Um, and it really, especially for myself currently working in broadcast news, it really definitely was the start and the launch of something great. Um, and I think that that's what's so wonderful about North Carolina a and is that like you're not just getting the education, you're not just you know, learning about um, what you're studying, you also get the chance to really um, use those skills and use those tools. Um, and it's very, it's a very hands-on experience, which I think is really phenomenal. Gosh, what is my favorite memory from North Carolina a and I really can't give just one. Like, the entire experience of being there over four years was just amazing. I think the biggest experience for me just at A&T was having somewhere where I finally felt like I belonged. Being somewhere where I could be my authentic self. Um, just growing up where I was, I wasn't able to have that kind of experience. I was one of very few African Americans in my school. So to go somewhere and see so many people that looked like me or and just or reminded myself of me. That was just a beautiful experience. I had never seen that much black success in all of my life. Um, and it was just really a turning point. So I applaud A&T for all it gave me. I love A&T. Aggie pride until the day I die. This is Uniqua Quillins. Uh, 2016 North Carolina A&T grad, JOMC major. My favorite A&T memory, my favorite Aggie memory is um, winning the Sidmel Estates Best Producing Award. Um, I won it in 2016 before I was about to graduate um, at the NABJ Short Course. And it's one of my favorite memories because the award was presented to me by another JOMC Aggie whom I look up to a lot. Uh, his name is Anzio Williams, and currently he is a new, the news director for NBC10 in Philadelphia. And um, he just is so inspiring, so encouraging. Um, and there are parts of him that I try to be like. So to have him um, present this award to me during the short course, it just meant the world to me and just gave me more fuel just to keep going and to try to make my dreams a reality. Yo, man, just hearing other people talk about their favorite memories is like, it's really awe-inspiring. Shout out to Uniqua, too. Like, she she gave a dope one. Um, but when it comes to, like, this A&T GOAT, you got to put, like, Darren Brand, <laughs> Kenny. Yo, shout out Kenny, man. Yo, y'all called me <laughs> a couple G-Hoes ago and, like, left a voicemail, and it was Kenny. And I was like, why? <laughs> 
<laughs> yo, fam, did I tell you I was on the bus one time? I seen Kenny. I was like, yo, I hope you don't see me, man. <laughs> yo, because Kenny, remember, Kenny used to try to violate me, bro. Like, we had like a low key beef, yo. We would be talking at the table, and Kenny be breathing his hot ass breath in my head. I'm like, man, Kenny, yo, chill out. react. And I was like, yo, you can't. <laughs> Use your hood instincts. Yo, you yeah, yeah, man. He real, he real, he mean a lot to us over here. I was like, well, I'm gonna let him live, but my man's is violent. He didn't even care. And I had to talk to him because I'm like, yo, you can't fight Kenny. Like, you you not gonna look cool. No way, dog. I ain't got no real beef with him. I talk to Kenny, man. He a legend, bro. He need his own statue, bro. If anybody gets a statue at 84. It's definitely Kenny, bro. So before we get up out of here, if you had to, um, if you had to persuade a high school like junior or senior to come to A and T, what would it be? What, what would you? What would be your elevator speech? Man, I would tell them you want a community that's a family, um, one that's gonna push you to your highest heights and catch you when you don't make it there. Um, people who seem to be personally invested in your life. Um, people who look like you, who sound like you, talk, who act like you, who understand why you do the things you do. People who really take the journey with you and you want to go to a and I think for me, what I would do, um, I, I would tell them one, like you said, if you want to succeed and be pushed by people who have your best interests, this is definitely the place to be. If you want to expand your network to, I mean, the largest public, largest HBCU period in terms of students currently, and we have one of the, the larger uh, HBCU alumni networks. If you want to tap into a network that's going to help your greater good, come to a and If you're specifically trying to be an engineer, there is no better place for a black person in the United States of America than to go to a t Like, that's a fact. Like, all my engineers, if you're not at a t what you doing? You know, <laughs> if you're a journalism student, I would tell people to go to a t because a t is one of the, uh, or at the time, I don't know if it's changed, the four accredited um, journalism programs in the state of North Carolina. You got a t Duke, UNC, NC State. And that's it. Mm. People don't even know that. So it depends on what your major is. But nah, like A and T is a it's a fellowship. It's an opportunity to to let yourself grow with the best of them. Again, this is going to be the last time where you're at a, a space where there's nothing but black people who are like minded and all trying to get to the greater good for themselves at the same time. So why not come to A and T, man? It's the place to be. If a high school student wanted to attend A and T. Hmm. It's really not a pitch, though. I feel like it's just it's a way of life. Like, go to a and because you're part of a family. We're low-key like a gang. Like, if you talk about our school, we're beating you up via Twitter. Um, it's a lifelong thing. It's just like you got a brother and sister in every state. If you find out there's an Aggie around, you're definitely going to get a good plate. You know, homecoming. Duh. It's a reunion every time we link up. I don't... Nobody pitched A&T to me. This is hard. But I just feel like after you go, you have a family forever. 
So I feel like if you want a family forever, go to A&T. If you want to constantly laugh with good people, go to A&T. If you want to be a part of the culture, go to A&T. If you want to be a part of the number one largest HBCU in the land, go to A&T, okay? Because if not, you're going to be like, damn, I'll be visiting or whatever. <laughs> If a prospective student was coming to me and letting me know that they were interested in um, enrolling at A&T, I would let them know that they are actually truly joining a family. Um, my first semester at A&T, I felt the family vibes almost immediately. Like my friends that I had made in my dorm felt like family. My teachers felt like family and people I could rely on. And it may have been because they were all black like me. And I didn't really have that when I was in high school. But they also were just very welcoming and very open. And I didn't feel like I was outcasted by anyone at the school. So I would encourage them to join A&T for the simple fact that you really are joining a family and it's not just something that is cliche or something that just Aggies say we really do feel like a big giant family and we fuss and fight like family too you know we see the arguments on social media all the time and all of that but when it's time to come together truly come together like a family we are always there for each other we always support each other whether we are still enrolled in school or outside of the school so I would encourage them to join just because of the fact that you really get the sense of a family. And, and and lastly, on my, like, humble brag, you know, I think, like, I tell my father this, and I'm going to say it publicly, maybe this could catch on, I don't know. I, I look at, like, Howard. Howard's, like, Harlem. You know, like, we always, we, we learn about in school the Harlem Renaissance and what that meant to black people then and black people now. Like, there would be no Langston Hughes. Like, there's a whole bunch of uh, different things that Harlem is influenced. And no one ever bashes Harlem because of it. Like, Harlem is great. To me, Harlem is Howard. Like, Harlem, Howard is a lot of, you know, prestigious people went to Howard, um, got their start. You know, it's in D.C. It's a port, you know, the Mecca, the capital. But, yo, A&T Atlanta, bro. Like, we the new wave. And I'm not talking Atlanta now. Like, we, like, Atlanta, like, 94, 95, like, before the Olympics. Because after the Olympics, Atlanta hit another stratosphere. I don't even think we're at that stratosphere yet. I think we're at the point where we're on the cusp. Like, our athletics, Rob went from cursing to the starting <laughs> quarterback in 2014 to now we win in championships. We run it. Yeah, like, it's been like years we've had. Three in a row. Record. Yeah, we three-peating four out of five on some Boston Celtic type <laughs> stuff, man. Like, ain't nobody seeing us. They we, we on a level now where athletically, whether it's football, whether it's track, like we have a nationally ranked track program. We're top 10 in the country of all schools, not HB, of all schools. That's crazy. Um, our bowling team is fire. Baseball coming up. We just be Boston College. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we really out here athletically, academically. Again, we, we speak on the engineer program. That's our bread and butter to this very day. Journalism um, program looking strong. I think we got nursing back, which was pretty dope. Our business program is good. Like, we got so many, just a variety of programs. Like, ANT is the place to be. And it's. It's gonna get better, bro. That's that's the wild part. I remember graduating like, yo, when, when I leave, it's gonna be even better. And I never forget 
getting tagged in snaps. <laughs> Felt like, yo, man, everybody here but that. Yo, where that at? Like, yo, read that. But I'm like, I'm at work. <laughs> yeah, I'm here partying. <laughs> yeah, I felt the way. <laughs> yeah, I used to call him about the stories. Like, you wouldn't believe what happened this weekend, bro. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think, man, when it comes to, like, telling a, a young kid, a and has been through so much in the last 10 years, but where it's going, I mean, I got, like, the clock tower is fire. The new union is one of the greatest buildings I've ever been into in my entire life. Like, it's so fire. Bro, if that was their senior year, bro, it's different, man. So, nah, much, much love to that. And before we get up out of here, there's one word to describe your tenure at North Carolina A&T State University. What would it be and why? My word would probably be intense. Everything was intense. The weather was intense. Um, learning in class was intense at times. Like some of my professors were like, half my class might be failing. I'm like, what? Econometrics kicked people's ass, man. We had like five assignments. So it was like, you either about to sink or swim now. Um, Shoot, partying was intense. Like, yo, <laughs> fam, I've drunk a red cup full of vodka at Geo one time on a bed. Intense. Um, yeah, the um, the camaraderie like is intense. Like, I'm not, I, you know me, I'm not used to like people like talking, speaking all the time, and like showing up and being like, what's up? Like, people who didn't know me were, like, saying, what's up? And I was like, yo, man, I don't know you. And that was crazy to me. But it's like, you get used to it down here, you know? And yeah, like, A&T was just, like, everything happened to the nth degree for me, like, and it was it was great, you know? Yeah, I was, I was intense. For me, man, and people are probably gonna be like, of course you would say that. If you but... say Fuego, I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> in that one, hang up. I promise you, it was it was over. Nah, man, it's it's legendary. Oh, um, yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's, it's legendary. One hearing, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big history buff, so talking to to old heads and getting wisdom from them and hearing their stories. And you're like, man, that was cool. And then doing the things we did in the in Crosby was pretty cool. And then doing things we did at school, whether it was like the Harlem Shake, which was crazy. Um, we threw some parties that changed the game. Just little things like we we did sports shows. Like everything I was like a part of was just on some. When you think back at it, it's like that was a legendary moment. Um, yeah, you know when people when I see people like oh. Is like you know, is you just kind of people really, people really just show love, man. And I think every moment I don't really regret anything. I'm like, oh, that was that was a legendary experience to me. I say it a lot because I want to be one one day to somebody. Um, so now nah, I think I think my experience was without a shadow of a doubt. Like the people I met. Like I could tell stories of squad, and that's gonna be legendary to somebody. Like whether you whether Man. you think it or not, it's like it's legendary to somebody. 
um, again, getting some in the bathroom during Geo. <laughs> again, like that, that was a wow. But yeah, like so, so many wild things took place. And you know, people when they throw a party, yo, it's a movie, and you're like, all right, but them drinks don't make movies, be. But man, you saw what I what I witnessed. Was Snapchat around our first year? Uh, yes. It really wasn't used to like sex semester though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember PCB. We was on that drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now, nah, but before we go, we gotta um, let other because a lot of dope people said what what's their one word to describe A and T. So, how would I describe my time at A and T in one word? Raw. As a journalism student, it gave me a preview of what would be my future career. I entered Crosby Hall as this quiet, timid yet eager, aspiring journalists ready to get my feet wet, but terrified of taking risks, let alone making mistakes. I'm still humbled that I had advisors, student leaders, and faculty who saw that spark in me, and then they threw me in the fire. There wasn't any hand-holding, it was a high standard that was set. Our faculty made sure we knew the high level of competition that was awaiting us after graduation, and they prepared us for it. In college, I learned the importance of meeting deadlines for stories, nonlinear video editing and audio editing, managed social media brand accounts and a content management system, and handled breaking news cycles, all of which I was expected to do in my first gig straight out of college. Four years later, I'm still proud to be in the industry that brought me straight to A&T. Crosby Hall laid the foundation, honed my skill, and intensified my hunger for storytelling. I wasn't a deer in headlights when I walked into my first newsroom gig as a journalist and not a student journalist. I embraced the breaking news cycles, looming deadlines, and late hours because I was prepped for it all throughout college. Crosby Hall at a was a raw experience. We all needed that push. And that's why we have so many successful alumni. I'm Ashley Wilson, a 2016 Crosby kid and graduate from North Carolina a and I'm just proud to be a product of such a legacy. Let's see if I could describe my experience at ENT in one word. I would say life-changing, as cliche as that sounds. Um, of course, because college in itself is life-changing. It's your first time away from home. And me, I was out of state, so I was quite a few hours away from home. Um, and I actually had only heard of ENT because the guy at the church I grew up in ran track there. So before going, I wasn't really familiar with HBCUs and the history and importance of them. I'm mixed race, and when I was younger, I spent a lot of time living in um, Dayton, Ohio, so very rural area. And I was one of the few black kids in my school. You could probably count on one hand how many there were. And then after I moved to Hampton, Virginia, which is still a pretty diverse area. So uh, ANT for me was the first time I was really around and submersed in black culture entirely. And uh, I was so grateful for that experience. Um, one of my main deciding factors to go to ENT uh, outside of my full ride scholarship, because that was a no brainer, of course. Um, but because when I went to tour the campus, it just felt like home. Um, I can't really describe it. Everything just felt so warm and inviting compared to um, other campuses I had toured. And I just knew I wanted to be there. 
on ENT's campus. And I always say it was one of the best decisions of my life and I would never change it. Like my alma mater continues to impress me even past my time there. Like I really have so much pride in my HBCU. When I think of North Carolina A&T State University, the first word that comes to my mind is home. I say that being um, I met basically an extended family of my life. Um, When I say extended family, I mean people I know that I can call up at any time and they got me for sure. I gained best friends. I've gained sisters for a lifetime at A&T. And overall, I... When I go back there, I just know I'm good. I'm straight. I feel comfortable. It feels like the place that I will always belong. The one word that I would use to describe my time at ANT would be transformational because before I went to a HBCU, I really didn't know what they consisted of. I didn't really know about the black excellence that they had at these universities. And I'm so glad that I was able to really get a completely different experience and really get a full transition from before ANT to after ANT. And I think I have more of a deeper appreciation for HBCUs after I graduated from one and I definitely encourage anybody else to go to a HBCU. Hello, my name is Sydney. One word I would use to describe my time at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University is historical. Historical because so many times throughout all four years while I was there, I was often reminded about all the things that Aggies themselves had done to change the course of our country in the past, as well as all the things the actual institution has done as well. I had classes in McNair, which was named after the astronaut Ronald E. McNair, who passed away in the shocking crash of the space shuttle Challenger in 1986. The Challenger crash was historical in its own right, but Dr. McNair also did a lot of things leading up to the crash in his own life that made just his whole existence historical altogether. Uh, 2002 was the year that I graduated from high school and I subsequently came to A&T that fall. And that was also the same year when the Greensboro Four statue was unveiled. In school, it became a landmark. Everybody would say, meet up at the Greensboro Four statue. Let's take a picture in front of the Greensboro Four statue. It's used in pictures as well as on programs, just everything. So it itself has become a marker in the last 15, 18 years. I was in school. It was just a constant reminder just of all that Aggies have done, all the Aggies can do, what we were capable of, what we have accomplished. One word to describe my experience at North Carolina A&T would be predestined. Honey, it was divine. It was in the cards. It was in my favor. I knew in my heart, my soul, my entire being that A&T was for me. From the moment that I touched down on campus, when I was on a school tour in middle school, I knew 
the A&T was home. From the moment that I witnessed the blue and gold marching machine at a parade in my hometown and I discovered Golden Delights, I decided that I would stop at nothing until I became an Aggie. In fact, A&T was the only school I applied to. I just knew. I didn't even know what I was going to major in. I just had faith that I would figure it out along the way. I knew that A&T was my ticket to flourish and to become the woman of my dreams. And that's exactly what I have done. I needed A&T. A&T has been my refuge, a home away from home. I've been able to discover who I am at this university. I've been afforded tremendous opportunities because of A&T. North Carolina A&T has been a significant part of my development as a black woman, a scholar, a professional, a mentor, and as a productive citizen in the world. And for that, I am forever grateful. And it's Aggie pride until the day I die. Yeah, man. Um, salute to them. Uh, it, it's cool just to hear how how much... Or how different, but yet synonymous, like A&T was to everybody. Like, it was an experience. You know, it was a moment. You know, those are my, like, buzzwords. I'm like, man, this is a moment. All right. And then, like, <laughs> that that was special. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Yo, if you if you actually took the time to listen to all of this, truly pre- to you, appreciate man. it. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, whether you are uh, a current a and student, uh, an alum, or incoming freshman, like NCAT 24. It's crazy to even say that, by the way. But uh, NCAT 24. The grassy, the new generation. Facts. <laughs> they they are the new generation, man. I hope you took something away from this. I'm going to put everyone's uh, either their, their Twitter or Instagram, if they have one, um, and you guys can go follow them. You got to ask them any questions. Uh, feel free at the end of the day it's, it's all love it's, it's Aggie pride for life like if you're an Aggie I'm an Aggie it's, it's love you need anything just holler at us um, anything else you want to say to the people out there um, much love man to the community you know what I'm saying you know everybody who's walked those same steps that we walked um, shout out to everybody who listened to the word that you know let's you know, show that auntie meant something to us you know it still does. That's real. Uh, absolutely. And we're going to play a song. Shout out Quinn Anthony. We so Aggie. Uh, the collective I, was, I am still in, Major Motors, we directed that. So that's going to be the outro song. But, uh, you know, Rob and I in, in pre-production, we're talking like what, what quote will end the podcast? And uh, he was like, yo, you use your homegirl, Janae. So shout out to Janae. Um, Dope sports reporter, Crosby kid, we out here. Shout out to the DMV, you know, Marilyn, what up? And uh, I'm going to let her, her definition of, of Aggie pride, what it means to her. And that, those will be the last words you hear. And then again, shout out Quinn Anthony for the outro song. And we appreciate you for listening. Um, you can follow Rob on Twitter and Instagram at BobbyGeorge413. Yeah, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Dapper J. 
D-A-P-P-E-R, the letter J, no A-Y, because I don't know who comes up. And then on Instagram, <laughs> you can follow me at the only Dapper J, because it's this guy that's Dapper J. He hasn't used his account in like seven years, bro. <laughs> you be checking up on him? I, I recently checked. <laughs> let me say that. I recently checked for the first time in like four years, bro. I, honest to goodness. Hey, remember that time with a dude uh, owned the name Sean Combs? And he yeah. was trying to get the name <laughs> by my Combs. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, man. But at the end of the day, it's Aggie Pride to the day we die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worldwide. I don't want people to, to understand it's worldwide. Go support Aggie businesses, whether it's Aggie clothing, um, I shout out my homegirl Ashley. She makes like her own like beer bomb butters. Those are mm. um, yeah, we do a lot of cool things. I mean, it's Aggie opened up Chick-fil-A out of LA. He doing dope things. We got a lot of super creatives. Our boy Torre, he up up in New York killing it. My man Miles, hundred grand. Um, Melanie, you know, she out here popping. We got people in the league, Tariq. What up, yeah. Brandon? I see you. You in Vegas now? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and our basketball team—they getting better. And who knows? We might land that that mythical five-star recruit. Just come in and shake, shake the whole game up. We got Queen Parker dunking on everybody, though. I know y'all saw the 360. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. Or to come, but then the day. You know, if you see us, show love. We see you guys. Uh, keep doing amazing things, cause that's what that's what we do. I don't want to say that's cause Aggies do, cause I was <laughs> I just don't do nothing. For me. But that's just me though. But let me let me start rapping. We could we keep talking about A and T all day and night. Ever, 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 ever. But until the next time, guys. Thank you so so much for listening. Peace. Peace. Hello, everyone. It is Janae Graham, also known as Jay Rochelle, and I am a class of 2016 graduate from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Aggie pride to me really means unity. Um, I feel like anybody who's had the opportunity to experience a portion of their collegiate career at A&T and be, you know, involved in the campus environment and just, you know, be in the classrooms that A&T has, I think that we really face a lot of our trials and triumphs together. Um, you know, we take the, the big moments and we, we run with those and we embrace the bad moments, you know, and I think that that's something that's kind of unspoken and, and, and taught to a degree in that in that schooling environment. Um, it's something that I feel like lasts with an Aggie forever, which speaks volumes to why our alumni is participation is as strong as it is, because it's something that you experience on that campus that's just like unlike any other. Um, I never had the opportunity to go to any predominantly African-American school, so I didn't experience that until I came to A&T. So being being on campus and you know being able to see all of this black unity amongst all these different black women and black men it was truly a beautiful thing to me and something that I truly carry in my heart forever okay when I say Aggie pride for life I mean Aggie pride for life I was Aggie born and Aggie bred and when I die I'm gonna be Aggie dead okay Aggie pride go Aggies go 
Get him, get him, get him, get him, hey! 